0: Today is a great day for a car wash.
1: Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a, a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 43. On today's show, we react to the PSL's intense finale sundowns la decima chief's heartbreak pirates clinching a calf spot and more and we also analyze sundowns signings for the season so whether you are listening to us on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts the sl podcast network or game time on Mahi gang 96.7 fm welcome to the show Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsors, Cadbury themselves. Cadbury FC, hashtag taste the action is back. And this time they've partnered with five of the top English football clubs that includes Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, and Tottenham Hotspur, all to bring fans closer to the soccer action. So, join host Andy Lengloube and some of the legends of English football, including Bafana Bafana and Manchester United legend himself, Quentin Fortune, at the exclusive Cadbury Taste the Action Experience. It's your chance to rub shoulders virtually, of course. You know, we can't rub shoulders these days. Uh, With some of your football heroes, the experience will be completely virtual. That allows you to attend from the comfort of your own home. There will be opportunities for questions while you enjoy a true taste of the action. Kickoff is at 6 p.m. on September 17th. You can register at crowdcast.io forward slash e Forward slash taste underscore the underscore action. That link will also be in the show description. But we get back to the show. I am your host Salu Pahor, and of course, I'm not alone. Joining me is the man whose confidence jinxed Amakosi's title ambitions. It's Sean <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, Ludog. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> and also, the man who's actually been accurately predicting a lot of things about the PSL recently, it's Tekomudi. So how are you doing, sir? I'm fantastic.
2: So how are you today?
1: I'm all good, all good. The sun is shine, finally shining. I was about to say shinily fining. Uh, <laughs> the sun is finally shining on this, uh, on this city of Cape Town, and so I'm happy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so... I'm in a good mood so I think we should start off with a joke of the day. Sean know what you got for us, bro.
0: Right, 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 right. Why are elevator jokes so classic and good? Because they work on so many levels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ah,
1: I right. should uh, Come back
2: from where you are my friend I come back I, from where you are <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are come back
1: Oh no 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 it's no beautiful ah oh, well let's Just dive right into this, guys. I think emotions were running high heading into this last weekend and uh, the PSL did not disappoint. The AFSA Premiership, AFSA got the best send-off imaginable. Uh, It went all the way down to the wire. Uh, Let's start with the champions, of course. Sundown's complete La Decima. Uh, It is Pizzo Musimane's fifth trophy, uh, fifth, uh, sorry, PSL trophy as boss, Uh, of course, four of those with... Mamalody Sundowns, he completes a three-peat uh, third one in a row and there's the potential for a treble uh, after the match he was quoted as saying it's very emotional la decima gave absa a good send-off they love us and we love them and then he said he's not as excited as he was when they beat free state stars uh referencing of course uh last season's finale but he said he's very very emotional and a little bit sad but it's okay they won the trophy why do you think he said that sean why do you think that was the, his his response I think um I think there's so much going
0: on behind the scenes, Lou at, at Sundowns. There's a lot of doubters. Um I think the comeback that they achieved this season is you know, it's it's no short of a miracle and phenomenal. And that's all down to uh, you know, obviously the players but a strong coach that Sundowns have, that's in Pizza. Um I think what they overcame, you know, how they bounced back from, I think it was a 13-point deficit at one stage, is, yeah, I mean, and obviously when you're at the top, which he is, you're going to have haters, bro. It is, it is, it's life. And um, I think he's finally silenced those, whatever critics he has had, um, he's finally silenced them and he's shown his worth now with his new contract this time for Sundowns. And um, don't be surprised if we see them CAF champions this
2: year as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. John
2: mm-hmm. Look, Luke, you know, there's, there's something that uh, Piso said after the game, and um, I tried to analyze it. I might be wrong, but I think um, he spoke about it interference. You know, and uh, when, you, when a coach of his caliber, speaking of interference, it can only come, uh, you know, from the management side. I think, you know, with the new contract, there was pressure of winning the league, um, the stress as well. Yes, I don't think he was that excited. I think he was more relieved than anything else. Mm. And, um, and 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 for me, it's it's very concerning for a team that is so successful, and there's still interference, especially with the coach, uh, uh, that is colourful as pizza so with the trophies as well. But but also it comes with the contract that you signed, right? And uh, and also with the players that he signed and the money that the team spent. I think there's there's more ambitions, there's bigger things to win, maybe. Maybe the expectations were to win the trophy, you know, very easily like they've done in the past where there's no stress like this. But I think it comes it, it, it comes with the contract and it comes with being a big coach. It comes with the number one coach in the country. I think um, he dealt with those very, very well. But I knew that at some point he felt that uh, maybe KS Chiefs would have won, you know, because you could tell with his statements after the games, he will be like, you know, if we win it, we do. If we don't, we don't. That's the sign of a person that actually
1: realizing
2: uh, what's at stake. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they did it, you know. And uh, mm. and yeah, man. You know, congratulations to them. Um, wow, um, APSA couldn't have asked for better send off. Mm. But slew, mm. I did say that somebody's going to cry. Somebody's going to cry. Yes. I I did say, but it's just that uh, football, my friend, um, like um, somebody would say that there's no therefore. It's just unfortunate, you know, somebody will celebrate. somebody will, will, you know, be at a place where it's not nice. But I feel sorry for the players of Kismichie Chiefs. you know, I don't think, I don't wish that on anybody, you know, after being number one the whole season until the last game of the league. I think you know they deserve something, but it's just unfortunate. But uh, yet again, you know, with Sundowns, the we shouldn't be surprised of of of, of what Sundowns have achieved so far. It's because of they built a team in 2014. They started rebuilding a team, a new team that is this successful now. I think mm. maybe you know it's high time for KZN Chiefs to start doing so. Orlando Pirates have changed the team. They re- have rebuilt the team. Hopefully, they'll continue with that. I think it's high time that KZN Chiefs to start rebuilding the team. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? I, 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 yeah. Just to just to just butt in there, I mean, um,
0: I, you know, we obviously all watch the Chiefs game, but and they've done so well this season. And I must give credit before I say what I'm going to say. But I just looking at that game, you you kind of felt, unless they were all exhausted, but you wouldn't have said they were fighting for their lives in that game. It was a very sort of mediocre pace. They were losing so many 50 50s and, um, it was just a bizarre ending, really. There's just no, what's the word, oomph um, or enthusiasm or the final third. Mm. There was just nothing. I don't know. You know I, I, I just, I, I just I, felt I, like it was a friendly. It looked like a friendly game to me.
1: I, I would almost say that it's just that they 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 had no ideas. Like there was a, mm. a point in that match where it just looked like they didn't know. Apart from throwing the ball up all the way to the top, they they had no creativity. Maybe maybe that that's what it was from my perspective. But but when you run out of ideas, it. it it does start to look like you're tired, and it does start to look like you don't even have energy, right? Maybe, maybe um, maybe yeah. that's just a supporter's perspective. Yeah, but uh, but also,
2: slow. You you that's been the problem for Chiefs, um in the bio bubble. Yeah. You know, um, we spoke about the predictability of Kaiser Chiefs long, even last year. We spoke about yes, they're winning, but you know, it, it, it becomes so predictable, and it's easy to plan against a team that is so predictable. Now, in the bio bubble, when 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 the demands were higher, you know, when the players are supposed to dig deeper, they didn't have that, mm. and that's when you question the depth of the team. But there's so many things that you can question about Chiefs, but you can't fault the effort that the players have put in throughout sure. the whole season. So sure. I just hope that with with what happened right now, it's it's not going to open a kind of worms into Chiefs. Now people start talking bad about the team. I think. They need, to, they need to have their own meetings, you know, sit down and reflect on, 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 on the previous season, look at, look at stuff that they need to perfect or do right next season and build from there. Because, mm. you know, from um, um, SLU, Sundance, when Pizza came, they were in relegation zone. We are number 15 on the lock. Mm. You know, there were placards on, on, on the street that, you know, um, a multi-billion uh, dollar team will be in Vela. It was a joke. People were making fun of us. And then Pizzo came in and told us straight that he's going to fight uh, to, 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 to make sure the team survives. After that, uh, he's going to win the league next season. But by doing so, he needs to sign new players because all the guys that have been there, they've been there too long. They don't have ambitions anymore. And it, it, it's, it sounded so rude. And uh, we fought, yes, we came number nine. We never played uh, top eight that the next season, but we won the league. But that's what I'm saying. That you, you, you we, we, he, he rebuilt the team. And sometimes to make those type it's not nice. It's not. It's, it's it's very uncomfortable. But but when you look at KZ Chiefs' team, you look at what, what Sean was saying. You you I I because I watched both teams when they were playing in the final day. You could tell that Sundowns wanted it more. Sundowns wanted to win, irrespective of what KZ Chiefs is doing on the other side. Yeah. When you look yeah. at KZ Chiefs, the way they were playing. Chief, even if even if it means long ball from first minute, it doesn't matter because you want to win the game. But you 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 also want to be in a position where you are fighting for three points because that's what Kizhi's was supposed to do. Just fight. No, don't forget about being creative because you you couldn't do that the whole season. That day is about fighting, and sometimes that's when you start questioning. the characters of the players, the the characters of the team. Do they have the p- the personnel to to be able to to fight when it's tough? Because that's what makes championship. You when yeah. it's tough, that's when players need to raise their hands, you know, uh, 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 start fighting for the team. And I I, I didn't see that in the bye bubble
1: with KZ Chiefs. Not even one game. Now, now let me let me ask this: the squad itself. What 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 next for them?
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a good question, SLU. Um Look, they've got a good squad, but also it doesn't look like they've got a happy squad. I mean, there's, there's talks mm. of Kieran Backus wanting to leave. Um, uh, that's been widely reported in the press as well. Um, but for sure, they need strength across the back four. They need strength in that midfield. Um, up front, so I'm quite happy with them. They're just not lethal enough, but I think when Billiard finds his form again, you've got Nurkowicz, you've got Kastra, you can't ask for much more in terms of your front three. But midfield needs to, uh, you know, since George Manuleka left, it was a different team. You can say what you want, but 100% they had no ideas. And um, we've seen how they've been defensively, which is a bit concerning. So um, don't be surprised if we see some big signings in terms of defensively and in the midfield. Up front, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, the goalkeeping situation as well. Because with uh, Kune being back now, um, yeah. It's uh, interesting times.
2: I don't wish to be a an, an, an case Chiefs board member because it's tough. Mm. Because um, I just hope that the, they, the decision that they're gonna make, they're not gonna be based on emotions, they're gonna be based on facts. Mm. Um, you need to look at the team. Where, where do you need to strengthen the team? It's the creativity part. Uh, more players that are willing to fight for the team. Uh, defensively, if we were looking, where, where can you sign, who is available, who is a better signee that will fit the profile of the team and the goalkeeping department as well. Those guys are 33, 34. What is it that you want to do? Um, the striking department, yes, we were just waiting for karma to hit his form. Um, how do you build, who are, who are you going to build the team around next season? And uh, you also need to bring the players that will also bring out the best players you know, out, so they can start performing well. So I think labor tried this season. George, when he was there, he was he was more calm on the ball in the midfield. label was shiny because there was that calmness in the midfield. But I think, um, to a certain degree, I think KZ Chiefs could have done better. And I think this has exposed them in not signing better players for, for them to to, to, to actually be contending or maybe winning the league. Because I think the difference between Kezi Chiefs not winning the league, is because they didn't have enough players to help them. And you can't fault the coach because he used what he had. Mm. And, 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 and I think it's unfortunate for a, a, a team like Kaza Chiefs not to have depth within their team. And depth and quality, now I'm not talking about the numbers, but depth in quality, because you have to compare them with the, big, with the other two big teams. The Pirates have the depth for days. Sundowns has the depth for days. So it's, I think, I think they, need, they don't need to be too hard of themselves. They need to look at their squad. they did the best that they can. Last season, uh, or the previous season, they were number nine on the log. They came back, they fought, they were number one until so now th- there's a lot of positives that they can come out. Yes, it's said that they could have won the league long time ago, but I think they need to start making decisions that are going to be painful, they're going to be hurtful. There's guys that have been within the team for the longest time. Um, you start valuing, the, you start revaluing the 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 the, uh, them into the team whether they fit enough to to play in the system that the coach wants. I don't think it's a good idea for them to let go of the coach because now, which means next season they don't they have no intention, which means they have no intention of signing any players because they think in that the coach is the problem. And I don't mm-hmm. think in the right now the coach is the problem. The coach used what he he could. Coach used what he had, and I think that's always been the problem with the coaches that come to KZN. Even Steve Compeller was the same. He got there. He used what he had. He he had no way of signing any players to come in. He used what he had. And sometimes yeah. I think there's certain things that that teams, if they want to move forward, they need to change. K-2 Chiefs is a big team. It's a team that is loved by so many. When KZN is on form, the league becomes so interesting. So is Pirates. So is Mamelodi Sundowns. I believe that next season we need to see a better case of Chiefs. Whether they're playing entertaining football or not, but I just want to see a more uh, hungrier team, you know, with more uh, uh, enthusiasm within the team. Like I, I feel like there's so many things that are happening within the camp. Many players are not happy, many players are off form, that could have been a factor, but they've got another chance next season. They've got a drop eight. They've got a top, yeah. Let them start with the top eight. I think that's what they need to. They need to set their tone up. They need to start with. A, they've got an opportunity, Chief. You know, sometimes those bad things happen because you need to reflect on yourself. I think this happened for the players also to reflect on themselves, the 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 the, the, the contribution that they did within the team, and then you reevaluate yourself and come back season next season a better person. Because the coach, at the end of the day, he's there to make a formation, help you with training, and put the first eleven. But People that's supposed to do the job are the players, so we can't fault the management or anybody else. If we, when you new sign for Kizer Chiefs, you sign to contribute towards the team's success, and I think yeah. it's a high time that the players look at themselves and question themselves whether they did they did enough for the Kizer Chiefs to win. Forget about the coach.
1: Yeah. And and another thing to look at is, I mean, how long has it been since Chiefs made CAF Champions League? Uh, I think people aren't speaking about that enough. Uh, they earned a lot of money for finishing second as well, about 7.5 million rand. We don't know if next season is going to be the same amount of prize money. Uh, we don't even know if next season has a sponsor just yet. So... <laughs> there, there are a lot of positives. It's just you know losing on the final day like that is it's tough. Uh but you know what else happened on the final day is their is their neighbours uh, Orlando Pirates clinched third position a Caf Confederations Cup spot. Um, that meant in the bubble they got three wins, one draw, two losses. Um, but and and they got that uh, Caf Confed spot on goals four not even goal difference. They were level on on, on goal difference with Viz and they uh, they just had more goals scored uh it's a team strengthened ahead of next season we've heard uh reports of tyson and dion hotto signing for them um you know it's so ahead of next season what do you guys think a realistic target for orlando pirates is
0: yeah slu um I, it's for me it's gonna uh you know i know we're gonna talk about sundowns a bit later but it's going to be very, very difficult to see any tea come, team come close to Sundance with the squad they're going to have next season. That's my honest opinion. But realistically, Pirates top three again, um, if not second. But I don't see anyone touching Sundance. For,
2: for me, I'll say if, if Orlando Pirates keep the same team, the same coach, I think they stand a better chance than Sundowns. merely because there's going to be continuity within the team. Sundowns has signed so many players which they're going to use next season. And if you look look at the duration now, between now and next season, it's within the short space of time. And Mm -hmm. for those players to to adjust to the system and what the demands are, it might take a while. Other players might adjust very quickly. And I'm not expecting Peter to use the same players that he's been using now. So I think Orlando Paris stand a better chance, but they need to start right. Mm -hmm. You know, start right so that whenever maybe you are off form or whatever the case may be, you've got points in their bag. That will support you. You always have something. And I think Orlando Pirates always, it's been a team that finishes well. Comes second round of the league, they start doing well. I think this time of the season, I mean, this time when they get into the new season, they need to start better Mm. and uh, they need to continue where they left off. You know, they got a guy that scored 15 goals, the top goal scorer right now. 16. I think 16, excuse me. (laughs) So... So I think they've got a better team. They just need to, to the, the, also they, they did the signings. I think they need to fix, the, if they can have maybe one more goalkeeper, that'll be probably maybe a fight with Wayne for the number one spot, maybe one or two centre-backs that will actually solidify their defence. I think they've got a young,
1: energetic team that can do well next season uh and uh, very quickly uh you know as we round off Polokwane city relegated from fifth last season to glad africa championship next season um oh. also <laughs> also black leopards are going to be in the playoffs so we'll see but at one point in this season you could have said there'll be four Limpopo teams in the PSL next season but now potentially only two and that's just because TTM bought Bitvestivitz right so uh for Polokwane City I mean it was they played poorly pretty much from start to finish um I don't know if you guys have any reactions to that. Teko, I, I know you specifically before the final round of games said Polokone City have to be relegated. <laughs> so what were your thoughts, what were your thoughts yeah. on, on them going down?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Te- Teko didn't give them a choice, did he?
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. no, Sean. It's, 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 the thing is, I know it was harsh for me to say that, but I've, I've watched Polokone City decision how they play. And, uh, uh, and and I, and I also watched the, the guys that were competing in in, in relegation zone. Amazulu was just unfortunate. I could see, you know, they're fighting for their lives. and They're trying so hard, but the only person that was showing up was 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 Nduli, who was scoring goals for them. And um, the coaches, changed. there was so many dynamics at at at, at Amazulu that could have faulted them not getting more results. But you look mm-hmm. at Apollo City, you know, they they. The way they were playing, like, they were content with, with, with just competing, just going to the game and play. That, that's just my opinion. And for me, is, I've always wanted to see teams playing with their heart out. Whether the results, yes, we, of course we play to get better results, but if the results are not coming, we can't fault you for effort. But sometimes I, I, think, I feel like, especially now in the bio bubble, you could see, they, they, they're in the lead, they can't contain the lead, they, 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 they don't know how to win a game, they don't know how to defend. And, 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 and within short space of time between training sessions and games, it was difficult for Clinton Larson to regroup and assign a new players. do this. So he had to use what he had. And I think mm-hmm. Puluquan City has been lingering around within the league for so long. Um, I remember Puluquan City at some point used to be very good. And I don't know what happened. They stopped signing quality players. They stopped recruiting quality players. And for me, the reason why I said that, it's because I honestly want to see the standard of football and the PSL get stronger and stronger. We are we, not tired of speaking about the big three, but I would love to see other teams competing as well, you know, amongst, amongst the big three, you, know, uh, you know, being a nuisance amongst them. And I think Blue Qantas City at some point with that team, but not anymore. And you look at the age group within that team, I mean, yeah. nobody from Pulukwane City even plays for the national team. Nobody's been considered in the national team. That tells you about the quality of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Amazul, you can you can you can you can you can pick five players. You can speak about five players. In Pulukwane City, it becomes a problem. And I and I watch also Lepers playing. Leopard's playing beautiful football. But the problem is also they, they 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 don't have a good goalkeeper, they don't have a good defense, and that's been their problem but they survived. Maybe hopefully next season they'll look at the squad and so and and, and try to strengthen their team. But Pulukwan City didn't look like a team that wants to strengthen anything. They didn't look like a team that wants to survive. I think they played because they were content. I don't know. If, like For me, Pulukwan City had to go uh, one less trip from Limpopo and uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens, you know?
0: But you say that, I mean, you say that's one less trip to Limpopo, but I think um, with the sale of Highlands Park, I Eish. think they want, to, they want to be relocating to Limpopo, don't they?
1: No, no, no. That's Mpumalanga. Oh, that, that's Mpumalanga. That oh, okay. Excuse that's me. That's Mpumalanga. Yeah, that's Mpumalanga. Mpumalanga. Um, but, uh, you know, before we get into International News Desk, we do have to just, um, I think, recap just the bio bubble itself. For so long, we didn't know. Remember how many shows we had to do? There was no football or no local football. Uh, we were pulling stories out of our and uh, I think <laughs> looking back, you know, there's just the PSL playoffs now, of course, which we will talk about next week. But the PSL season concluded. Uh, final thoughts on on this, you know, insane system that we had to use, but that worked for what we needed. Uh, this uh, biologically safe environment. How do you think the league did in terms of, of, you know, post all of those delays, overall feelings in terms of what we just witnessed? Slu,
0: all I can say is thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. We've we, we finally got our champions. We're finally moving on. Um I don't know what else to say, but I hope we never get to repeat that players are home with their families, where they belong. Um yeah. All in all, I think it's a good job done by the PSL considering. Um, again we spoke about it last week I don't know what's going to happen in terms of COVID with the new season because it's going nowhere and they can't afford to go in a bubble again so yeah interesting times ahead but job well done and thank goodness it's over
2: thank goodness it's over uh, look for for, uh, for the players you know, I just want to commend them for, for, for applying themselves, for themselves under some uh, difficult circumstances they come out and play and uh, they, they gave us you know, um, something to talk about, you know, the teams that did well under, the, uh, in the bio, bio bubble, the teams that struggled, um, yeah, man, I think, I think the most important thing probably maybe brought players together because they're spending so much time together. They had no choice. But I just hope that we don't get to that situation anymore. Um, I can imagine the frustration that the players had. I'm sure the other players were like, "Can this f- finish? You know, can we, can we, can we get done? Sort of, can go home?" Um, yeah, man. But but for me, is I'm glad that the, um, the the league is finished, and I'm glad that it ended. You know, in in the way that it did. You know, it was very very interesting. Everybody was glued in their TV. Uh, watching the games and be interested in the games, and I think, and I just hope that next season, you know, it's gonna be as as unpredictable as it was in the buy bubble going forward. Yes. Because in the yes, buy yes, bubble, sir. you never knew who was gonna win. So I think the next season should start like that, where everybody is entitled of three points, not because you're playing Mamuli, Sundance, or J, You know, you're against your odds against you, because mm-hmm. I because because in the buy bubble we could see that so many teams pulled surprised. You know, uh, from Celtic, the Celtics, they played so beautiful, you know, Cape Town City, we've seen how Leopards came out. We've, we've seen now how Amazulu started changing, using more of the experienced players coming into play, helping them survive. You know, there's so many things that I think teams have realized about their teams, yeah. uh, that maybe maybe before they didn't. So I think it's, it was a perfect time for the team to actually be able to reflect on themselves and see exactly what is it that they have what is it that they can add and um yeah for me i'm excited for the new season i'm sure nobody will be complaining about the fitness levels because Mm -hmm. you know uh the teams now uh they started they started to get forms and all that stuff so i think it'll be nice to see all those teams back into their home ground whether the fans will be there or not that's another story Mm -hmm. but but, yeah, but for me, it's, 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 it's going to be a very interesting season. I just hope that with, with the new sponsor will come in and say, guys, three teams get relegated immediately.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Then the standard of football goes up because, because I've always complained about, about teams are coming out and saying, we, we're playing for top eight. Hey, guys, play to win the trophy. Play yeah, to sure. win trophies because at the end of the day, if you're a footballer, what, what, what matters most when you are done is how many trophies have you won? What have you won? Yeah, Correct. exactly. You won what? Being on the top eight, I think it's, it's high time play a team, start changing their mentality. Go for the owners, try and win the league, try and whatever competition you're in, fight to win those trophies because at the end of the day, that's what matters most. You can't be fighting every season. You've been 10 years in the PSL. You never won any trophy. You never, you never been being in the cup final. That's a disaster, Chief. Yeah. That's not yeah. right. So I think in a new
1: sponsor. I hope they're listening to me. Have the dates been confirmed for when the next season starts? Uh, So uh, Irvin Koza recently came out and uh, confirmed that October 9th is when they are are planning to restart the season. And I also have it on kind of good authority that every team will be back at their home stadiums and and we will be doing that. But it's going to be very strict protocols, of course, Uh, but definitely no fans in the stadium currently. It's it's just not really manageable. Uh, But... Again, home and away, it's, it's just going to look a whole lot better, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. But uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I mean, it, you know what? It really sucks for the teams in the, in the PSL playoffs because they finish on like the 21st. And then if they stay up, if, if they manage to get, gain promotion, then two weeks later, you're, you're, back, <laughs> you're back playing games. But the rest of them have a nice little month break here. So it should be exciting. Mm. But mm. we move on to the international news desk. And for that, we are joined by our international news correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. Kurt, how are you doing? Good,
3: Sue. How are you? What's up, guys? Hello. Oh, goody, what's up? Goody. What's up?
1: What's up? So we start with, uh, you know, for, 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 for weeks, I thought that this was one of those wild, crazy stories, but it turned out to be true. James Rodriguez has joined Everton for 22 million pounds. Um, you know, he's he's kind of had an up and down career since that breakout 2014 World Cup. Um, Talk me through this, what does it mean for Everton, who seemed to be slowly putting together quite a formidable side?
3: yeah so um so look yeah, so twenty two million pounds um he took a significant wage cut to join everton, um which i I guess tells you a lot about his willingness to just get back to playing football or his determination to get back to playing football. Um, And of course, he reunites with Carlo Ancelotti, who he's worked with three times before, well, uh, twice before, sorry, at Bayern Munich and at Real Madrid. Um, But yeah, it was a strange move. um, And he has had a weird career. We, of course, uh, you know, all remember his incredible um, 2014 World Cup, which, of course, put him on Real Madrid's radar. Um, And he had a very good first season in Spain, but has ultimately never quite been as remarkable as he was in brazil six years ago but if we look a little deeper i think that his importance for his national team has never wavered he's got like godlike states in that country he carries that side on his back um and i think that it's probably because he's a big fish in a in a relatively small pond i know colombia have a few big names but james is the guy that everything goes through um You know, and in hindsight, we can look back and and, and say that maybe he shouldn't have joined Real Madrid when he did. But nobody could have foreseen that he wasn't really going to cement a place in that side. But superstars like Ronaldo, Bale, Benzema, it was just always going to be uh, difficult for him. But he had to take the risk, of course. Um, It was the right move at the right time. It probably just didn't work out. And at Everton, I think he'll have... Kind of what he has at Columbia. He'll be the big fish. Everything will go through him. I mean, for a club, a club like Everton to be signing a player like this. I mean, I know that this means little on the pitch, but he has, you know, I think he's the third highest followed footballer or fourth highest followed footballer on Instagram. Um, so in terms of marketing and what it does for a club like Everton, it's absolutely huge. But the most important thing is that James Rodriguez, who's 29, gets back to playing football under a manager who, who backs him. Um, we have, you know, Sean and Teko are both former pros, they'll know the, the feeling of playing under a manager who really likes them, um, versus playing under a manager who you're not sure where you stand with, and that's what he kind of had with Zidane so I think all in all it's a great move and it's it's exciting to see a player like that come to the Premier League, of course.
1: Jens, what was your initial reaction to this to this news? I, I had to blink my eyes a couple of times when I first saw it.
0: Yeah, I think Kurtz hit the nail on the head and it it just shows his willingness to start playing again in terms of taking a massive pay cut but this these sort of deals is a complete win-win you know and I love I love to see this and what it's going to bring to the Premier League as well and Everton's a great club you know it's it's you know always sort of mid-table well supported um, and it's going to make that Merseyside derby even more exciting now with uh, Rodriguez up
2: front for Everton.
1: (laughs) Everton. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for me,
2: Slu, I'd say it's 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 just this important for a player. It's important to have a coach that backs you and a coach that believes in you. And uh, with him doing this, it shows you know that uh, he really, really, really wants to go back and be a, a footballer. He wants to be on the pitch because everybody wants to play. And um, I mean, EPR we know how strong it is, how competitive it is. So for me, it'll be interesting to see whether he'll go back to and um, find his form, you know, after what happened with Real Madrid. I think he's got a new leave now. I think it's up to him actually to play better. But for, for me, yeah, with, with, with the best players that are in the world, I've never, never, never uh, rated him my top five or
1: even my top 50, but I think he's a good player. <laughs> damn, damn. Wow.
3: <laughs> damn.
1: Yeah. But, you know, you know, the other thing is that I forget. Everton had a tough season last season. Uh, They finished 12th, Uh, and this is a team I remember under Moyes who were competing for a Champions League spot. So, uh, you know, perhaps it's it's time for a big turnaround there. Um, But it's that old question I remember people always used to ask, would you rather be the best player on a bad team or the worst player on a a great team? Um, (laughs) And I think James Rodriguez is definitely going to be the best player at Everton when he walks in. Um, But uh, let's move on. Um, on the other side, we have, uh, well, not not on the other side, but we uh, on, on the England front, uh, England went to go and face uh, Iceland and uh, Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden got themselves into a little bit of trouble. Can you talk tell us about that? What happened over there in Iceland?
3: Well, it wasn't in Iceland, um, I don't think. I'm very so. interested. Yeah, it was in Iceland. I'm very, very interested to hear Teko and Sean's thoughts on this. Um, you know, I don't want any more details, but I just want to know, like, is this something that players did? I'm, I mean, they'll know more than I do. But so what happened was they had girls over at the the quarantined hotel where they shouldn't have had any guests. They had two, or I think it was two girls come over. Um, and look, it's obviously not a big deal. The the big deal here is that they broke COVID-19 protocol rules um, and that they have now, well, they were dropped for the Denmark game which was on um, Tuesday night. What bothers me the most about all of this is the way that they will, or have been already, and will continue to be treated in, in the media, in English media in particular. I went, on, um, I went on the Daily Mail last night, and on the homepage there were five or six stories of Greenwood and Foden, um, you know, reaction pieces of, of former pros talking about it, their own apologies. They even had an interview with one of the girls who was in the <laughs> room with them. And I, I, and I believe that that is, you don't, it doesn't get lower than that. And that's yeah. what gives like this profession of journalism a bad rap. Is like, that's the reason I don't get, you know, interviews with these guys is because they think that we're all like that. So I, I think um, it's ridiculous, like to see how it's blown up. And you just, it's so predictable, Slough. You know that when Greenwood scores... Uh, His next goal, it's going to be like, you know, the headlines will be Greenwood moves on from England nightmare with goal (laughs) at Brighton and everything like that is It's going to be like that for the next year, two years. Um, They'll be asked about this in five years time.
1: Yeah. If they they hook up with any blonde girl, it's going to be like Greenwood hooks up with Icelandic model lookalike.
3: And you're like... it's it's crazy man and they were even talking about like uh Foden, the fact that he's been in a long term relationship and Greenwood, you know, he just got out of a relationship in May. It's like what are you doing reporting this? He's eighteen years old. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. But anyway,
3: I, I I would love to know like what Sean and Tekkel think about this. I think it's just ridiculous to see how it's blown up. Of course they broke rules, guys Southgate uh Southgate dropped them and rightfully so. But goodness, I'm sure there's been much worse that has happened, man.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah, you know what um Kurt it's you know when you when you wear that England badge, it's supposed to mean something, and these guys that are eighteen and nineteen years old you can't do what they've done and of i'm course, not yeah. defending I'm not defending the stupid journalism you know which is ridiculous, I agree with you, but to play for England is like you know Gaz has worn that shirt, Stuart Pierce has worn that shirt, you know Beckham, and then you've got these two youngsters that are <laughs> these little <laughs> i mean. It's 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 not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So yes, get drops, and I hope I hope they drop for the next few months as well because I think it's
3: absolutely ridiculous. Wow, Sean! Wow, Tosh. Wow, that is harsh. Wow,
2: wow, wow!
1: Deco, are. Yep.
2: <laughs> Good. I think yes. I think most of the time we we wanna justify or give leniency to players. Uh, at a certain age, we're saying they're still young, they'll learn. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. And like Sean said, I think playing in the national team where you had, you know, your superstars and you guys are now the younger guys that are, yeah. you know, the new generation, you know, there's so much expectations. And I think for them to be irresponsible like that, I think for me, it's unacceptable. And uh, the only way for them to actually, um, um, you know, get rid of the critics, is to go back into the pitch and do what they do. Because I think when you, whenever, whenever anything that is personal is to affect your game, it becomes a problem. I think you need to be able to separate the two. So I think they need to be careful next time because, because these are the type of things that ruin players' careers. Because right now, they might, if they have a bad season, every journalist will be saying, we'll be talking about that story, that maybe this is the reason why. And if these are the boys that had a great season last season. So I don't know understand why they would have to dance like that. For me, it's unacceptable.
1: Mm. I will say this, I will say this, uh, one day on this podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about all of the shit that Rooney got up to during his career. Uh, I, I just think that these journals have like, it's just more of these types of stories that that, that kind of just stick with these players for longer, if you know what I mean? Like, like Rooney yeah. got up to some crazy stuff, but like two weeks later, you forgot about it, even though it was a lot crazier. No, but- but but yeah. but
2: but slew rooney rooney was banging goals rooney was banging off the field with the prostitute <laughs> going to the pitch score a hat trick finish mm. so now that's what i'm saying that the only way to 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 to, to make this story go away is go back to the pitch and do your business because that's what you want people to know you for you're a mm. footballer you want them to know you from a footballing side not all this nonsense yes we do we, we are guys we we, we around we do all this type of things but do that privately don't do that 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 now it, it exposed the whole england team now you're putting so much pressure on everyone now so you can imagine now the senior players within the team because yeah. now they're gonna say yeah but the senior players are allowing these kids or they're not grooming these kids properly or they're not talking to these boys but another day 18 year grown-ass man you know mm. what's right you know what's wrong i mean you've got yeah. an apartment chief two days you can you wait for two days and then you can do whatever that you want (laughs) to do in your own private space don't compromise everybody that's within
1: that's in camp so now other players now they must answer for your and get tested twice just because uh, you never know but um I think we should move swiftly forward <laughs> uh, We're giving a I lot of stuff for too. Simon to bleep out <laughs> uh, So last but not least We have to tie a nice bow on this story That we've covered for the past couple of weeks But Lionel Messi remains a Barcelona player For at least one more season uh, Kurt, where do you stand on this one? It was, it's, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a dramatic month uh, to say the least But what are your thoughts here?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, you guys obviously know my feelings and how tired I am about speaking about all of this, but um, you know, it was very interesting to see, I don't know if you guys watched the interview or saw his comments, Um, the, the interview he gave last week Friday, it was very, very revealing. He spoke a lot about what the president told him or the promises the president made to him throughout the year, saying things like, you can leave at the end of the season and we will talk at the end of the season. Um, and Messi kept going, well, okay, I want to leave. I want to leave. These are my plans. The president kept putting off um, that chat. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time for Messi to actually, you know, take it further by letting them officially know that he wanted out, the president then went back on his word. So I I, I feel sorry for him. I, 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 it sucks to me that a player um, of that caliber and a player who's done so much for the club wasn't granted his wish. Um, it, it sucks, but um, I get the situation. I kind of admire the fact that Messi didn't want to make it uglier by taking it to court. That was uh, his main reason for for kind of ending this fight was the fact that he didn't want to take Barcelona to court. Um, so, yeah, he stays. It's unfortunate because I was excited to see him in a different league, but hopefully we'll get that next season.
1: Hopefully, indeed. Uh, very quickly, just, just to get uh, Deco and Sean involved here, considering everything that's going on with barcelona and and the lack of certainty the new coach what do you think your expectations for this team are for this season
0: i'll let's i'll let uh take answer because he's a barcelona fan um because I, I really don't give it <laughs> to be honest
2: wow <laughs> damn <laughs> uh, just because he didn't sign for city wow. sure and how <laughs> yeah oh man i'm over it yeah i'm
1: over it
0: <laughs>
5: <Seriously>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teco. But, Look, with, with 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 what's been happening with Barcelona especially now. I think next season uh it's it's going to be in this situation where every player in Barcelona will be looked at differently because now the expectations now are higher, you know, the the and Messi's performance is going to be scrutinized this time around. If he ha- he's having a bad game they'll be saying because he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. So I think Inge, it's, it's it's not going to be a nice season for Messi and um For Barcelona on its own, you know, um, look, I just for me is I just hope that with whatever decision that they're making or whatever players that they're bringing in, it's to help the team to be better because and also try to build the team forward, you know, without Messi. I think Barcelona need to start planning, you know, their lives outside of Messi because I don't see him staying longer than uh, the next season I don't think what has been happening right now will be fixed within a few months or a season so for me as yeah. a Barcelona fan I think Messi should just start watching prison break and
1: figure <laughs> out how to get out of that situation <laughs> Brilliant 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 stuff uh, Kurtz, your thoughts yes. on, on, on how the season
3: might go for Barcelona Look, I agree with Teco. I just think that it takes one goal from Messi to, for people to just start talking about how good he is again. So I think it'll be, it will be quickly forgotten. I think, um, I think it's going to be a very, very tricky season because there are so many changes that, that really have to take place in order for this team to be competitive again, especially in Europe. I think that they will be among the top three in Spain. But in Europe, and that's, and that we know is the club's main goal, it's, it's Messi's main objective. Um, you know, what I would love to see is for Messi to take this team on his back again and carry them right throughout and even to the Champions League. I mean, that would be the dream, that would be the ultimate dream for Messi to win under those circumstances. Um, mm. You know, having just asked to leave, it'll be so dramatic, it'll be so uh, huge, but I do think it's going to be really difficult. Um, Kuman has a lot of changes to make. There's a lot of players set to come in, a lot of players set to leave. Um, we don't know what's going on. We know Suarez, Vidal, um, the, a whole lot of players are, are linked with the move away. Then we have Wijnaldum and Depay linked with Barcelona. So we don't know what's going to happen. I think that we'll only be able to tell maybe a month or two in. Um, I don't expect it to be very exciting, if I'm honest with you. Um, The football, at least. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how how things unfold.
1: Definitely. Well, that is how we wrap up the International News Desk. Thank you very much, Kurt, for joining us on the show. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Kurt. Cheers. From here, we dive into 10 quick-fire questions. That's the segment where we get your favorite PSL players on the line and we put them on the spot. And this week we have...
5: Hi, my name is Matthew Booth, and these are my 10 quick-fire questions.
1: Who was the funniest (laughs) guy in the PSL that you played with?
5: Uh, The funniest guy, it's probably your colleague, Sean Roberts. Uh, He's got to be up there. (laughs) Um, Also Elton Elton Mering. So it's the battle between the two of them.
1: Okay, cool. I'm going to give it to Elton Man because I've heard Sean's jokes. Um, (laughs) Who is the flashiest dresser? I'd probably say uh, Granwell Scott. Who is the worst dressed
5: that you ever played with? Uh, you could say Sean Roberts. Eh?
1: <laughs> Agreed. All right. What is the worst mistake you remember making in a match?
5: Are we giving a back pass to Thierry Henry he wasn't very wise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who was a teammate who thought he was funny, but he actually had no good jokes?
5: Um, so I'm not allowed to say Sean Roberts again, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, well, there were so many. Kind um, of things now. Um,
1: we could we could give it to Sean Robertson. Just say that he thought he was funny, and so you laughed at him.
5: You know that's why. He was yeah, laughing. no, no that uh, and your your listeners have realized that, so that would be a good answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what is your favorite footballing memory across your entire career?
5: Um, I probably say two uh, Olympics and uh, the CONFED Cup two thousand and nine.
1: Very nice. And then, uh, okay, so you're a defender. So what is the best goal that you witnessed while on the field of play?
5: Um, Probably Catlejo and Pela's free kick against Casillas in the third and fourth playoff, Confed Cup
1: 2009. And uh, what is your favorite car in the world at the moment?
5: My favorite car, my my dream car would probably be... um, and uh,
1: Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Are you a DB9 guy or, or one of the newer ones? Uh,
5: DB9.
1: Yeah. DB9. Uh, in South Africa, what is your favorite local food?
5: Uh, sushi. Oh, local. Okay. Um, <laughs> 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 definitely not sushi. Uh, I think it's my wife's um, chakalaka.
1: Very nice. And last but not least, what is your favorite holiday destination?
5: Um, that would be. Uh, Maldives
1: Chakalaka and sushi guys that's the combo right there all right, so A local that's, dish. Yeah. <laughs> that's the combo. Uh, but uh, from one great footballer to a secret footballer. Um, <laughs> the secret footballer is where Sean takes a look at the back page of Kickoff Magazine where an anonymous individual tells a story about what's happening in local football. What do you got for us this week, Seano?
0: So I talk about my favorite team, Chippy United, a bit. But so does this player. He says that that team has not done anything for the Eastern Cape in terms of development, what have they done? Nothing? Why did he move Chippe United to the Eastern Cape if he 's not going to help develop the community so it 's actually quite an interesting one. I mean uh, Teko, I think my question goes to you is it do you think that um, teams in the PSL they need to be held accountable in terms of you know, product development, but especially with what they do within the community. <laughs>
2: I think with that shown, I think that's why maybe um, uh, the Disky challenge was implemented, mm. you know, so that key teams are forced to have mm. the younger players playing in in uh, in that in that league. But uh, but also, I think it all goes down to to what type of a team are you guys? Are you the ones that are? trying to outsource the local talent and make sure that the development around you is properly or uplift uh, the area that you guys are in. So I think it depends on what kind of a team are you. And uh, But honestly, if, if we have to look at cheaper, we'll be asking too much of them. We're asking them stuff that they don't have uh we know how they've been they've been running the team you know i've been treating the players the coaches as well so imagine if we say Chip also has to focus on the development and do something in the eastern cape that's something that will never happen chief so for never. me yeah I, I think for me i think structurally i think every team should be having a development side i think every team should be you know there's there's that like, like Long ago, of those days where we knew that, you know, with iX, with Verts they'll have. You know stronger development side or, or super sports united i think every team now should be having that but i also i think with the implementation of the Diski challenge i think it forced the teams that really didn't want to do that actually start doing it and you can see now even in the bar bubble you could see how many players were used from the Diski challenge so i think there's a little bit of progress but hopefully with all the teams they'll start doing that more often where we can see so many young players are coming in within the development structures
1: but don't put cheaper in that in that in that conversation because you are saying some <laughs> sure. stuff that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, A whole lot needs to change that side Up next we have a feature called This Week in Football History Today we remember great moments From the past, we dive into The time capsule, join us as We remember great moments From this week in football history This week back in 2008 Theo Walcott scored His first hat trick And it just happened to make him the youngest Player ever to do so for England He did it against Croatia And he was 19 Years and 1078 sorry 178 <laughs> days old. Don't <laughs> laugh at me, man. Alright. Oh. Up next this week in 2010, Bahrain secured a 3-0 win over Togo in a friendly, or so they thought. It turns out, and this is true, they faced a team that was not togo at all um they had scheduled the friendly it played out in bahrain they played the full match and then it turns out afterwards the togo federation goes we don't know who you guys were playing we don't know any of those those guys are not togo wow. internationals and it wow. turned out that the togo assistant coach he's the one who organized the match and then falsely represented the team and just brought a bunch of random guys wow. uh, And then this last one, Sean, you'll appreciate, it's two separate uh, moments, one that just became legendary and one that went viral when it happened. So back in 1995, Colombia and England played to a scoreless draw in a London friendly. The match remains notable as the debut of the Colombian goalkeeper, Rene Higuitas invention yes. of the scorpion kick save you, we all know that clip i'm sure you i'm sure you remember sean oh, i'm sure yes. you did it oh, many yes. times in your career you know what i'm saying absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's what i was remembered for <laughs> <laughs> yeah he invented it you perfected it. Is it <laughs> right. and also this week in 2010 F.A.R. Rabat goalkeeper Khalid Askri committed a blunder that made him an instant internet celebrity he saved a penalty kick or so he thought again he saved it the the ball kind of comes out but it's got backspin now what Mm. happens is the goalkeeper stands up he starts celebrating to the fans and the ball slowly spins its way back over the line and it counts as a goal as long as as long as it's still in play that that's a that's a goal right there so never celebrate too early. Um, But that's been This Week in Football History. Up next, let us discuss Sundown's roster for next season and this insane number of signings. Uh, that they have. Uh, you know, I've got the list in front of me. There's the likes of Aubrey Modiba, Shalulile Mvala. We've already had uh, Grant Margman There's Hashim Domingo, Ricardo <laughs> Goss, Gift Motupa, George Maluleka, Jody February. The list goes on. Um, so I want to know, who is your eye on? Who are the signings that you think are going to shine for Sundown specifically?
0: Right. I'm going to give you two. And I'm going to say George Maluleka and mm-hmm. Peter Shalulele. Mm-hmm. I think I think Sundowns have missed a player like Peter Shalolile this season. And I think he's gonna bring a lot there. And I honestly believe George Belalek is gonna add so much value to that uh, Sundowns midfield. And and I can I can see that towards the end of the season now where sundowns were lacking and it's exactly there. Um I still don't think Rivaldo could see as a six. I still prefer him as a central defender. That everyone might disagree with me, but that's fine. Um but I think Georgie is gonna do a fantastic job there.
2: Go. well, I'll, I'll give it three. I'll say Peter Shalilile, uh, Kapinga, and George Maluleka. I think uh, for obvious reasons, I think Sedika Kapinga has that uh, you know, Serena flair, your know, Tembazwani flair, and he will fit perfectly within the team because of that. How that's how he plays. I think George will bring so much stability into the midfield, and I think we've seen in the Baba how much they struggled in the midfield. I think George will be. Uh, Very, very important. And, um, yeah, for Peter Shalilili, I think Sean covered it very well. I think they they need a player like him, you know, the guy that can score all type of goals, that is willing to run, knowing Mamid Sundance, they like pace up front. And that's what they struggle with, especially
1: in uh, this season. I think Shalilili will will do wonders for, for Mamid Sundance. So now, you know, they're chasing the treble this year. Uh, with the with the net bank cup final uh, this weekend what do you guys think is the target for for pizza we all know the trophy that he really really wants Uh, how many trophies do you think they could they could considering the number of signings and this is already a potential triple winning side that they have currently how many Mm -hmm. trophies do you think they'll be shooting for next season do you think they, they want they want them all and they and they're capable or do you think that they're really going for the continental one
0: no, I think uh, knowing Pizzo, it's it's all or nothing. And um, and I think with the squad they're going to have next season, um, they're going to be, I mean, obviously first prize is the Continental Cup without a doubt. Um, but there's no reason why they can't win the league and the other cups that come with it. So I, so how many is that? Is that four cups, there, eh? Four or five? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I honestly believe they have enough depth uh, and enough quality to,
2: to go all the way. I think uh, Pito now will actually say it's the right time to have uh, two different squads that play two different competitions. I think yes, sir. Yes, sir. he'll want to win. He'll want to go all out for everything that's, 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 that's available. And that's, that's who he is. That's the DNA of Sundowns. The, the demands are win everything. So I think he'll
1: go all out and try also win the Champions League again. Now, as uh, we close out, we need uh, a car of the week. I have zero good segue there. So,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we talk about Sergio Ramos's car collection a bit, where Audis feature heavily, as does a stunning one hundred and sixty-seven thousand pound Mercedes AMG AMG C sixty three. Yet the one he shows off most proudly to his forty million. Odd Instagram followers is valued at just eight thousand pounds. That's one hundred and fifty thousand rand. Yes, Ramos, a World Cup hero, double European champion, Bernabeu skipper, and three-time Champions League winner, gives preference to a simple motor many learner drivers would turn their nose up at. Ramos revealed the personalised Fiat 600, an early birthday present bought from his, his mates. I don't have much info on the actual car, but that's the one he goes to training and back in a little little eight thousand pounder.
1: Oh, very nice. So, like, just a a little city car. Yeah, Uh, very cool. Very nice. Well, Mm. uh, we need uh, a motivational quote of the week. I think, you know who needs it the most is Kaiser Chiefs. They need this motivational quote of the week, Sean. What you got? (laughs) Jab, jab.
0: This one, yeah. Jab, jab. Uh, This one is from uh, Ronwin Williams, um, who, in my opinion, has been the the goalkeeper of the season. But anyway, yeah. He says, there is always a reason to smile find it nice very nice mm-hmm. and nice that's it buddy and cheese can use that
1: De- definitely all right that is how we wrap up the car wash for today whether you've been listening to us on the sl podcast uh, google podcast apple podcast spotify or game time on Mahi gang 96.7 fm a big thank you for joining us on the show i've been your host lu Paho. that's been sean roberts yes sir And that's been Teko Morise. Awe, my bootie. And uh, we close off the show with uh, a spotlight with, uh, with a guy called Russell Thompson, who runs a great initiative called RT Goalkeeping. That's how we close out the show. We'll see you this time at the same place next week. Peace. Hi there, Russ. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, very well, in you, sir.
1: You've got um, this. Uh, it's a it's a goalkeeping school. Would you be able to give me a brief history of it and how you got involved with the initiative?
4: I started a, a goalkeeping program. Um, I would. I'd like to stay away from the word school or or academy. Um, it's it's a goalkeeping program. It's called RT Goalkeeping. So what we do is we focus on these two aspects of it. So we focus on the strength, conditioning, flexibility and um, rehabilitation for um, goalkeeper-specific movements, um, and then we go into goalkeeper goalkeeper coaching. So uh, the players would come down, the keepers would come down. Um, we've got a um, a biokineticist that I'm working with um, from a company called GMT uh, that we operate out of Glenwood High School, and uh, he previously worked at Amazulu and uh, the Sharks. So he he develops goalkeeper-specific strength and conditioning exercises, which match what i 'm going to be doing in my session, so it's getting a goalkeeper supple, um getting the right movements you know from the word go uh so that when they come into the exercises they are they're ready for those exercises um so yeah, and a nice part of it is we we work with uh um with with elite with elite bands, so tension bands, resistant bands, which is nice because it, uh, it it obviously the resistance in terms of with the exercises is building strength for the goalkeepers and it's also uh, incorporating positive movements, so obviously with the uh, the resistance of the bands, it's forcing the, the keepers to make those forward movements. So within that, it helps correct the technique, which is which is very important, you know. So the, the keepers are always doing the uh, the exercises at obviously a hundred percent, and they technically doing it correctly.
1: So what inspired you to to start a program like this? Uh, very particular because it sounds like almost a holistic goalkeeping kind of, um, you know, like program that, that, that focuses on all aspects, um, of goalkeeping specifically. Um, so, so what inspired you to start this sort of, of, of thing rather than, you know, just go into coaching at a club or, or, or something like that?
4: Well, you know, I mean, I was I was formerly coaching at Amazulu. I was with the youth and the, the reserve team there. And I was there for about three or four seasons. Um, and then after I left there, you know, I, I just wanted to focus because I think goalkeepers are, are, are a lot of the times left out. Um, and I think it's very important because obviously they are a key part of, of a team. And I think it's important that they get the specific... Uh, treatment and the specific exercises and and training programs, you know that that other players get. Um, so I, I you know I wanted to make it an, an, an all round um, training session for a goalkeeper. You know I think gone are the days where you know the, the the you know the kid that can't play or has got two left feet, you know, goes in goals. You know mm-hmm. the, the modern day goalkeeper, you know, is, is is so much different to you know to what goalkeeping was a few years ago. So. Uh, you know, by doing this, you you concentrate and you are focusing on exact movements that a goalkeeper's making. Yeah. You know, so just by just by doing general stretches and general warm ups, you're not really focusing on on the movements that a goalkeeper's making during a game and during during training. So, you know, I wanted to make it an all round program for a goalkeeper where everything is based on goalkeeping and goalkeeping specific movements and strength and conditioning aspects so yeah as i said came from you know seeing how goalkeepers are left out in, the, in a lot of the times and just cross the side of training sessions where you know hopefully one day you know at club level that these these sort of uh, sessions are structured within their you know the the team's training sessions which i think is important
1: uh, now one last thing how do you select which goalkeepers to work with or how do goalkeepers get involved with uh with this program
4: so I've, I've I've obviously got a Facebook page and an Instagram page, um, where I obviously promote promote the brand through there, um, and then you know what I do is when a keeper comes down, there's obviously a few keepers that I have worked with in the past previously, so I know, you know technically where they are, so I, I try generally to get you know the the, the more advanced keepers in a session together, and then keepers that i haven 't worked with before, they obviously come down for an intro session where I can gauge where they are, what they need to work on, and then I obviously pull them from there um, and then obviously, when a keeper does progress and they are you know getting better and, and technically better, then you know we move them into the the other days where the the more technically advanced keepers are so it 's across the board, so I work with keepers that have never been coached before, to keepers that have had coaching and you know have been in the game for a while as well so that that's how that's how we that's how we group them so i mean the 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 main my main aim is you know and and also just going back to with the program i think there's there's so many so many goalkeeper trainers out there you know where there's very few goalkeeper coaches. And I think it's very important to focus on coaching goalkeepers rather than just training them. So it's not about the amount of repetitions they can do. It's the amount of repetitions with quality and with technique, which is very important.
1: So now I see you guys are, it's RT underscore goalkeeping, right? On Instagram. Um,
4: Yeah, RT goalkeeping. Yeah.
1: And then is there any other platform? I I, I think you mentioned Facebook.
4: Yes, we are on Facebook. So it's RT goalkeeping on Facebook. Um, And all my details are on there um so and it also gives you a brief breakdown of how the sessions work um and and everything it entails as well fantastic and we 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 do update on a on a weekly basis when you've had sessions um and you know post videos on that so people who you know want to see what we're about they can go to those different you know the various platforms and see see how we coach and and how we we work and then obviously get in touch with us from there. And then we're more than happy to, to have a look at the keep, and then incorporate them into the program with us.
1: Fantastic stuff. Well, Russell, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's a great way to close off the Car Wash this week and uh, hope you have a fantastic rest of the year and uh, 2021
4: further. Perfect. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me.
1: Today is a
0: great day for Car Wash.
1: Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. Ses are flang in a, a car.